2: legends and welcome to the Celtic Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Jared, and joining me tonight are Shane, Liam, and John. How are you, John?
3: I'm good, Jared. I'm good. Um, Just saying to you guys off the pod there, I've got family coming and visit next week. so I've got a whole week off. Very much looking forward to that. Hopefully some nice weather. I can actually be a bit of a tourist around Brisbane, which would be good. So yeah, lots of uh, cleaning, (laughs) as I was saying, Um, a lot of my... My life, my life is man standards. Sh- bed sheets, that's not good enough. Need to clean the bathroom, that's not good enough. <laughs> Things like that, yeah. So, lots of late nights.
2: Yeah, fair enough, Johnny. Lift the game, mate. Lift the game. It's all about <laughs> those levels. We talk about levels for football now. It's in life as well. Get on with it. You'll Just, you'll be yeah, right though. Cleaning standards, cleaning levels. Yeah. How long has it been since your family was out here? Ten years. Ten years. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah. 2013, Yeah. 2012.
3: 2012. 2012, yeah.
2: The old man's coming to the Super Cup with us, isn't he?
3: Sure is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I don't really. think he had an option in that. I told him yeah. he was coming. So, yeah. Happy Hotel Coming down.
2: Happy Should be good. be good to meet him. How are you, Shane?
1: Yeah, good. Thanks, Jared. Um, yeah, obviously I had a public holiday here yesterday. Um, so it was good to have a little bit of a break, a little bit of a wind down after a pretty, uh, pretty busy week at work and, and chill out and... Um, Got in and did some some weeding in the garden where uh, weather was permitting. And uh, I tell you what, I, um, I'm
2: not a gardener, that's for sure. I've learned that. <laughs> you got to love that public holiday here. It's Melbourne. It's Melbourne Cup Day for those who don't know. So it's got to be the most Australian public holiday you've ever seen. We get a full day <laughs> off, paid leave for a three-minute horse race. How good is that? <laughs> <laughs> Can't go wrong. Sports mad in Melbourne. Got to love it. My favourite public holiday. And how oh, are you? I, 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 can, I can top that because you know tomorrow
0: we have a national holiday and it's Culture Day. So here we go. Japanese culture. Job done. Oh, right. <laughs> there you go. Um, Happy yeah. I spent um I spent most of the day trying to work out a very difficult mathematical equation. Um, how can a 10-year-old football club simultaneously be the world's most successful club and the worst team in Champions League history? Um, Schrodinger's hun, I'm going to call it, but, you know.
2: <laughs> see, what, see, what, see what you guys want to think about that one. Well, we got a comment here waiting, ready to go here, Liam, from RL77. Who are the worst team in the history of the Champions League? I and believe that, answer, that would be The answer to that question is the same team that when they were in the Europa League final a few months back, were claiming that they were on the same level as the Lisbon Lions. That would yeah. be the <laughs> exact answer. So uh, mm-hmm. cop that, you dirty, dirty Safeco bastards. Days. <laughs> Welcome to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm back. So, um, yeah. Be, I'll be completely honest with all the listeners. Um, I've been off... Basically, not really with it for the last few weeks because I had to pass of my mum. So, um, yeah, just anyone who sent through messages or what, that, I appreciate it. Boys on the podcast, including Sean, he's not on here. You guys have been great support. So, heartfelt, really appreciate each and every one of you. But on to the man. football. That's what mum would want. Get on with the football. Yep. Yep. Let's not stew on it. So, yeah. Um, I'll just start it off with, um, since our last podcast, we had Celtic 1, Shakhtar Donetsk 1 in the Champions League. So I'll let you boys run with the games there. So I'll go to the starting lineup for us. We had Joe Hart and Goals, Juranovic, Carter Vickers, Taylor and Jens. That's a nice awkward line, back line. Got to love the Celtic website. Um, in the midfield, we had, they're saying that Abadah, Haksabanovich, Hav- and Hatate in the midfield with O'Reilly, Kyogo and Giacomacus up front. Looks like a 4-4-2 by the looks of it. But, yeah, um, what was your overall take on the game, Shane?
1: Um, similar kind of story to the past couple of games that we've had uh, in Europe, which is I thought we looked really good. We started really well early. I thought for the first 10 to 15 minutes we were fantastic. I thought our press was great. We really boxed them in. They They really struggled to play through. And we created plenty of good chances um, and similar kind of story. We we just weren't clinical. And um, in the end, uh, you know, they had, I think, one moment of brilliance, which um, is what ended up tying off the game. Similar kind of thing. I thought we played really well at the, the start of the game. I thought uh, the back end of the game, we looked really good. And when we pressed for that winner, just couldn't break through, unfortunately. Same tale of the tape. They just take a second and hesitate and you just don't get that
3: opportunity in the Champions League. More experience with that, uh, I think we bury games like that. I think there was a couple of opportunities where, look, we should have just scored and it would have completely changed the game. Um, but at the same time, I did think it was pretty even, as Shane was saying. We had our opportunities, we controlled a lot of the game. I also think Donetsk controlled the game in portions as well. I do think if that boy, um, now correct me if I'm saying his name wrong, is it Mudric? Mudric? Yeah, Madrid. Madrid. Um he doesn't play, we win the game. I think I think he's that is not he's not just a champions league player, he's gonna he's gonna go on and be a decent player. And I'm not saying that because we we were level. You can quite clearly see that he's got you know, that star quality about him. And to be perfectly honest, if we could afford him, I'd be saying that would be somebody we could buy quite quickly as well. But um different different day, maybe we win it, um, maybe we lose it. But I, I, I thought one one was pretty fair. Um, for where we're at in the Champions League, um, yeah. So it's it's all about building um, new team. Anja's first season of Champions League. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, look, it's a good it's a good platform, good foundation to move from. Nothing, nothing before, to be embarrassed
2: about. Before we jump to you, Liam, just mm-hmm. I'll touch on a couple of things you said there, John. So those split second hesitations, I've seen the highlights. That's pretty much it, and. We got done on the counter attack again from a couple of guys as a ball bouncing around and we hesitate rather than someone going and winning it and someone just holding their position. Two guys hesitate like, are you getting it or am I getting it? Bang, see you later. Stuff like that is what's hurt us in this Champions League. But at the same time, we're the pot four team. So even if we finish third and went into Europa League, that's that's a bonus for yeah. me. So like, we get a free hit tonight and the Bernabeu, but, you know, I don't expect too much out of that. But if we get something, great. But, yeah, I just wanted to touch on those two in particular. Last last thing, though, you talk about Murdich, or Murdich, however you say it. If that guy was coming through the Youth Academy at Celtic, once he hits 16, doesn't sign professional terms with us, he moves on to Man City, he moves to Bayern Munich, he moves on to... You know, Liverpool like Ben Doak. That's what the problem we've got at the moment. There's no clear pathway. At least he can see a pathway. That's why he stayed through the age he's at now. So that's an issue that's going to take a couple of years for us to fix. But hopefully it does. But I'll throw it to you, Liam, for your thoughts on the game.
0: No, I mean, I can pretty much just echo what the, what the guys have already said. I think um, it's a game that on another night we win or on a different night, we get beat. I think it's just two pretty evenly matched teams. And I think that's an encouraging sign because if you want to be a team that is consistently competing at uh, Champions League level, then Shakhtar Donetsk are the quality of team that you're going to have to beat. So we got got two points off of them this year. Could easily have been six with a wee bit of luck. Um, That is definitely something to build on for next year. Um, Because if we win those two games, we're, you know, we're in the Europa League. So that's, um, you know, and we would still have an outside chance again through tonight if we, you know, if we somehow beat Real Madrid, which I fully expect we will now that we're officially out, because that would be the Scottish (laughs) thing to do, right? Um, Yeah, I'm telling you now, calling it here, we're going to beat Real Madrid tonight because it
2: does not matter. Hey Liam, I'm gonna take your fuse head and go on further. I've been calling a 10-nil result. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying it in case, you know, for some reason hell freezes over and it actually happens, then I can say I called it, but nah.
0: Well the thing is, even if it's a 10-nil the other way, we still wouldn't be as bad as the fourth place team in Liverpool's group, yeah. would we?
2: Yeah, yeah. Correct. Hmm because <laughs> we picked up some points but yeah so <laughs> nah, yeah pretty about that the goals any particular players you want to focus on from that game or do you just want to move on to the Livy game from the weekend
3: ah, so mm, let's just move nah, on Stunt. yeah one of those I think the, I think the only the only one that really screamed out I think everyone played well but was and everyone was talking about afterwards was was Kyogo's mess and stuff Um, you know, saying that he's not as good as last season and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I just think, think that is an experience. To be perfectly honest, I think Kyogo, with more experience in Champions League, is going to be absolutely phenomenal. If he starts rattling goals like we know he does, and and literally watched him do, it will be it will be it will be dangerous. It'll be fantastic.
1: I think I think we had some positives on the night. I I thought Greg Taylor, and he's going to come up. You know, when we talk about our next game as well, I thought he was probably our best on the night. I thought he was exceptional. I thought Juranovic looked pretty fresh as well, um, bar a few sort of hiccups here and there. I know O'Reilly was flagged as the man of the match. Um, he seemed to get a little bit of a stick online. Um, I didn't, I didn't necessarily think he was in our best two or three, but I didn't think he played particularly poorly either. So I thought some of the criticism he received was a bit unfair. I, from what I could gather, Kyogo was sort of playing in behind Giacomacchus and Giacomacchus, I thought, was just a constant threat and really caused them trouble uh, throughout the whole 90. I thought he was fantastic as well. Not really a fan of Kyogo sort of just being deployed behind Giacomacchus. It was interesting. I was a bit surprised by it. It's probably something I didn't see coming. I don't think it worked too well. Um, I'm not sure if we'll see it again, but wasn't really a fan.
2: Fair enough. I've always thought that Kyogo and Jakamakus together as a pair would work in a similar way that uh, Viduka and Kill used to work together from an Australian mm. perspective. So I actually think give it a bit of time could could be an option, but, yeah, I don't really see Ange sticking with that sort of formation too much longer. Yep. Plus, yeah, we I don't have the strikers, let's be honest. We've, what have we really got for strikers? We've got two fit strikers? Two yeah, strikers? And Maeda is sure. the third option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Abada Pep, maybe. A barter or Forrest or Haksabanovic through the middle. There's your options. So mm. yeah, it's I don't know if it's worth the risk of playing both those guys together, but anyway. But we'll crack on to a win at the Tony Macaroni. Hey hey, <laughs> two in a row there now. Mm. Happy days. So three nil win. We had um, goals to Kyogo, Taylor, and Jota. What a shocking pitch. Like, absolutely <sighs> disgusting. I was looking at the replays just before coming on here, and I'm like, that looks disgusting. Like, you could get in the local indoor cricket centre and you get a better pitch than that. Atrocious. Yeah,
0: like, so, <clears throat> I actually said yeah. that during the game. I mentioned it to my dad. I, I, I used to play 7 a at Broadwood uh, after tough pitches, which is like... Next to the uh, Clyde's Stadium, and for people who know Cumbernault in Scotland, but um, that at the time, you know, this was like nineteen ninety seven, ninety eight. That was a three. That was a three G pitch, and I think that pitch looked better then than the Levy pitch looked last weekend. Honestly, absolutely shocking.
2: So, what was your take on the game, John?
0: Um.
3: I thought it was a masterclass of what Soo can actually do away. I thought we dominated from the first second. It was non-stop domination. They were never getting anything out of that game. They tried very hard. Thought Livy's manager's comments afterwards just screamed levels. I Guess that's the buzzword of the day um, <laughs> between them on the other side and us. Uh, we it was just it was they tried to do the same that they did against um Korea and. And they just couldn't couldn't do it they couldn't keep up everybody was on fire um ah oh, i mean look greg greg taylor's goal is just f- fucking what a rocket a phenomenal goal <laughs> did anybody ever see that type of goal coming from somebody like greg taylor no nobody did <laughs> like and it was bloody
2: hell with server shot
3: jesus christ it was it was fantastic um it was just one of those ones again and if we remember i don't know if uh, dear listeners remember what Sean said last week um but when he said uh livy haven't been <coughs> beaten by three goals no two goals or more did he say uh, at home this season and there <laughs> you go i just that i mean even the stats like that scream out how much we dominated livingston um and that's really what we want to see we want it was very very controlled very quick passing which I, look i don't want to say uh, it was because it was a plastic pitch and it was pissing down with rain. I think that probably contributed to it. I think also our mentality was the biggest factor there. But it was much quicker passing. We didn't... It was almost like um, two touches, one touch and a pass, one touch and a pass, and it just pinged about. We broke down their their uh, their bus pretty quick. And, um, yeah, and very good goals. Greg Taylor, definitely man of the match.
2: Yep. The early goal helped with breaking them down because then they had to come in. I couldn't sit that deep if any one down. And yeah, we've been talking about Ange Ball and the mantra of like one touch football, and it's good to see that come back into it over the last few weeks.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and just before we continue, um, good to see Jota back. Good goal from Jota. Good to see him. Mm. um, You know, playing playing well. Back to I think we've got another um, option altogether then.
2: And he made some old dears day with the celebration as well. <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: <laughs> what a sweetheart! He certainly did. And have you not? I don't know if you noticed.
3: This is just a very um, past remarkable thing, but certain players aren't running up and jumping into crowds anymore. Like you can clearly tell that they want to when the when the crowd's so close to the um, byline and stuff. But they're, they're sick of getting booked I reckon. so they're just they're just doing that little. You know, I think Taylor did it a couple of times where you could see him. Wanting to jump into the crowd and then running running along instead, yeah. Just let him do it I for God's after, sake.
2: After Welsh got pushed over by someone in the crowd, <laughs> I think that may, have, that may have had something to do with it.
1: Somebody yeah. said something to them, and was like,
2: no more jumping into the crowd. Yeah, you all wind <laughs> your neck in. So, Shane, yeah. what was your take on the game? Anything you want to add?
1: No, I pretty much endorse what uh, what uh, John said. And as well as yourself, Jared, I think what was crucial was getting that early goal. Um, I think uh, the longer the game went, the more that it was nil all, the tougher it would have been, the more pressure that would have come getting that early goal. Not only was it good for Kyogo himself to actually get on and, and, and score, but just for, as a team, it, it meant that they couldn't sit as deep as they wanted. They had to have something a little bit more proactive if they wanted to get something from the game they couldn't really and they and they, they didn't really come out that much even after going one nil down um look I, I just really echo john's statements i i think we played really well um i thought we looked pretty threatening i thought we were, we were able to actually create chances if you if you um compare this with this time last season when we went there, chalk and cheese in terms of the way we played and the performance and and how we looked. And um, you, you can quite clearly see that kind of let's ping it around quickly, let's move it quickly, let's not let them set up, let's... You know, there was a much better emphasis about trying to really break them down, I thought, instead of waiting for something to happen. It was much more proactive. Let's make something happen. Let's really catch them out. And um, it was a really good performance. It, you know exactly what you're going to get when you when you go there. You're going to get a team that just sits back and parks the bus and, and tries to, to jag a result from you. And, um, and uh, yeah, I thought everyone played played pretty well, Greg Taylor in particular.
2: I have a couple of little things I want to add on to this. Not really massively related all the talk pre-game was who's gonna start up front is it a jackamaka start or is it a kyogo start? And everyone, let's be honest, show of hands, who would have started not knowing the result, who would have said yeah this is a Jack and Macca sort of game? Yeah definitely. Sure.
3: Yeah. So the fact
2: uh, Kyogo I sta- would have
0: said Kyogo simply for the as I mentioned last week about the playing on artificial
2: surfaces Japanese yeah. players are more accustomed to it,
0: but
2: yeah. I knew that was going to be a 3-1 like that there, Liam. Don't <laughs> worry, I knew you, you were going to say that. <laughs> but that's the general that I saw pretty much across the, or if you looked at Twitter or whatever, all the talk pregame was, oh, Jack has got to start. So for Kyoko to start and then get that goal, great. It's good to see. So I was happy for him on that front. Second thing. I want to touch on is it's good to see the uh, show racism and the red card things back on the kits again. It's always a good, um, I think that's one of those things that needs to be clamped down, particularly at a certain club that's based out of Ibrox in particular. Now, whoever put those on the top, say, might want to have a good uh, look at themselves because I don't think the sponsors would be too happy getting their logo covered up by it. But anyway, different <laughs> Different story. And well, the third one I'm going to use is a to tie us into the next topic we want to discuss. But I'll let you jump in with what you wanted to, play in before I come back to that because we've got
0: All right. I was just going to add on on the show reasons and red card things. It would be nice if they also had red cards that would stay on the shots for more than about five minutes. <laughs> um that was like a ninety nine pen shop. Stick on was. job, wasn't it? It was embarrassing. Iron on it's yourself.
2: Flapping. Yeah. Can you get those poppies to stay on those black armbands or whatever for longer than they can get a, a show race? Isn't the red card thing? Figure that out.
3: Oh, uh, well. <laughs>
2: anyway. Do you know, um, um, yeah.
3: before, see, before we move on as well, one of the things mm. we haven't discussed is first time, first time uh, VAR decision goes so its way. <laughs> 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 and we missed uh, the bloody penalty. Are you kidding me? I, <laughs> I think uh, that I first just time want in sixteen to, uh, games, seventeen games, I think it is that Selig have had no. given a given a penalty. First VA do, VAR decision to go Seregin's way. Jesus Christ! And I mean, look, look, guys, it was a shocking miss. But was, yeah. this is the
2: one. We've got to come back at it though. Jack missed the penalty at the same time last year at the same venue. Yeah. Yeah, so, right. I hope, hope
0: Message is ready for another kid because that's what's going to happen.
2: <laughs> and also, um, there was when we played Clyde on the on the plastic as well, it didn't seem too comfy there. So maybe he's one of those guys like a Chris Julian, he doesn't really like playing on the plastic. Yeah, mm.
3: yeah, I don't think anybody does really. But yeah, the Japanese, they're just <laughs>
0: Yeah, although saying that, I was going to add that um, one player that I noticed was having particular trouble with the surface, which kind of takes apart my narrative with with Rio Hatate. he was overhitting and underhitting a lot of passes. And I think that was just because he was having difficulty judging the the very uneven surface. Um, You know, it's one thing to play on an artificial surface if it's something like the Saitama Arena, but it's another thing to play on, you know, the Tony Macaroni, which is like a bloody... Secondhand bowling green, you know, it's, yeah. it's just it's it's ridiculous.
2: Yep.
1: Totally. Agree. All
2: right. Last thing I wanted to say. Pre game, ask wearing those pride pride warm up tops. I'm throwing a kit thing in there. Liam, have you ordered that top yet?
0: No, for the simple reason that I'm gonna pick one up when I go back to Scotland next month. Because it will be it'll save me about the same price again in shipping. So, yeah,
2: yes. All the only reason I'm saying is, I know you'll buy anything ridiculous or loud or colors or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm all
0: over that.
2: Normally, I'd be the same, but I'm looking at that and I go, I get it. The reason behind it makes sense, but you couldn't pay me enough to wear that top. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm too proud of myself to actually be seen wearing that. <laughs> so ironically it's your pride that is stopping you to wear the pride itself, right? exactly. there, it is. there we go you got it <laughs> but the reason I brought that one up is because there's rumours of us having a fourth kit coming out so I'm going to bring that up on the screen now and I sent this to the group chat earlier today and for me I would love this to be our second top next season our away kit, rather than a fourth top. Why do we need a fourth top? Makes no sense. Wow. So, <laughs> the yellow, <laughs> the green, the green and white trim. Absolutely, that that's one sexy looking top. Um, I, do, I
1: just really love the the <laughs> that I heard there. suit you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, God. That's
3: something that so, you pin pinned to your ceiling in your bedroom, isn't it? Good God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, we'll go, John. We'll, let's, let's let you finish off this tangent. What's yeah. your thoughts on that? First we of all, do it, we man, need a fourth revolting,
3: top? Revolting. <laughs> do we need a fourth top? Probably not. Let's be honest. No, no, no not at all. And, and I think that's... Um, see, if it is a fourth top. I don't know if we have any
2: clashing issues with the through of i don't think we would have <clears throat> we have a, it, we have a clash issue with the third top because we've already had that at st Mirren. yeah yeah because the idiots who designed that went gray with black shorts and then we can't wear our green and white because you know apparently there's too much white clashing with st Mirren's uniform we can't wear a black away because there's too much black clashing with that so we wear a gray the only way I could fall apart was when we were playing. Saint Mirren had uh, red numbers. That was eaten. Yeah, yeah. Look,
3: that, that and look. Maybe that's that's all the justification we need for. we needing a fourth one, and if if it isn't something like that, it could be. It could just be added. that's being very clever, which is maybe the maybe the great kit's not getting great numbers. And they're just they're just, you know, fixing an issue. I think that's a little bit greedy. You could have waited till next season. Um, but look, who really cares? I've said this, I actually said this in previous pods, I've said this to you guys. I'm done with SOIC TV, fully and completely done with it. I think it's absolutely fucking shocking, and I never get the service I'm paying for. So the way, and but the reason I, I knew that coming back to Australia, and the reason why I kept paying for it for the past two and a half years was I wanted to support my club in another way. Having, having been a season ticket holder for so long, I wanted to support it in a different way. I'm just gonna start buying all the jerseys and that's gonna be my way of supporting Celtic. So if they if they bring a fourth one out, I'll buy it. That that it would be as simple as that. And I'll be one of those mugs. I don't really care. So no, we don't need it, but goddamn, is that a good fourth one? Pfft.
2: So on that, the fourth thing. Apparently Adidas are doing this with a bunch of clubs like Bayern Munich's got another one coming out. There's a few other clubs that got the same deals. So it looks like Adidas is doing that for the Christmas market. Now, Edward Edward Y of Oz has put this comment, fourth top could be a blue Japanese top. Slight issue, you put yeah. the word blue there. Um, that's mm. not going to happen. No. Now, the green one that you also call, green and gold, the Australian connection, makes perfect sense. So I can, yep. we could go for that. But you can't have a blue top. And Never happened, what, I would rather... We do is what we've done in previous seasons where if we need a fourth top, we just use one of last year's tops that doesn't clash. So we could bring back the green one that we wore with the gold trim that we wore in the cup final from last Mm. year. Or we could bring back Mm. the all white one with the pink and green pinstripe from last year. So we've got options. So why do we need to bring out a completely other one? If this was next year's away top, happy days, but I'll still buy it. Yeah. Shane, you're rocking the the last yellow shirt that we had. What's your take? uh,
1: I thought uh, I thought I'd pop this on tonight. Uh, very topical. Um, oh, wonderful! Oh, to <laughs> <laughs> got that. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Um, it was very dangerous going to John there, uh, considering how excited <laughs> he was about the top. I was just a bit worried about what's going to happen there. So, I um, oh, look, I pretty uh, much echo the same sentiments. Um, it looks fantastic. I'd definitely like to get get one but we don't need a fourth top. Just hold it over until next season. Have it as the away top. Just there's just no reason for the fourth kit this season. Um
2: we've got three. That's enough.
1: Yep, I think it's been summed up
2: perfectly. I wanna jump in before Liam goes all communist here on the whole top <laughs> side of it because I know how <laughs> now, Sean's put in the comments that Sevco have four already. Yep, understand that. For me, where I said Adidas are bringing out a bunch of other tops pre-Christmas, there's a massive cost of living issues around the world at the moment with gas prices, power prices, and so on, right? The last thing you need when energy prices and everything are the way they are in Scotland at the moment is to be bringing out another top that if you're a family with two kids and both your kids want one of these tops for Christmas... What's that going to be, another 100, 120 quid at least that you've got to find on top of power bills and heating and that going into Christmas when everything's going real high? I'm beating Liam to the whole communist thing here where <laughs> that's not needed. There's, on the social side of it, I don't think we need a fourth pop. There's people can spend their money in a better way. Hmm. However, next year, as I said if that's our away top, have at it of Adidas. Go for it. But over to you, Liam.
0: Yeah. Um, you just stole most of my uh, Soviet thunder <laughs> there, so I'm not going to try and do too much here. But, uh, no, the the, um, the thing is, it's a nice top, right? And I think, like you, like you all say, away top next year, all over it. Love it. I would pre-order it right now, right? Uh, as it stands... If this top does indeed get released, I will be, let's say, acquiring it through sources closer to Japan, shall we say, but not within Japan. Wish upon um, a star. Yeah, you know, that, that official Adidas outlet that works out of Guangdong province in China, yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, the, uh, the thing is that um, I I just, I'm going to flash back to the New Lennon era here and use a phrase we used a few times back then. Celtic, read the room, right? Fans are skint just now. Season tickets cost too much. TV subscriptions cost too much. Heating and basic food costs too much. Um, The last thing they need is another 65 quid for a football shirt that the team might wear once or twice at most between now and the end of the season. Um, Don't, you know, the Huns did it and they got away with it, which is probably why... Celtic have decided they can do it because when it comes to commercial exploitation our fans are as gullible as their fans are when it comes to this kind of stuff unfortunately that's a sad reality that's a football fan thing generally whatever team you support Um, we are in an abusive relationship with our clubs because we allow them to do this to us you know it used to be two tops with one new top every year So you'd have the away top would change one year, the home top would change the next year. So whenever you bought a new Celtic top, you had at least a two-year window where that was the current top. Um, Now it's three tops every season and three goalkeeper variants to go with that. So if you're like me and you buy pretty much every top that comes out, that is six different tops you're buying a year before you even factor in any training kit, like the, the the Pride shirt, which I'm going to pick up when I get back. Um, and then there's also all the sort of fashion wear that goes on top of it. Point, cut a long story short, the other thing is Celtic have already got a shirt on their site, which you can see right now, because I've got my dad this for his birthday back in September. There is an 80s retro Celtic shirt that is that same yellow, the same shadow print, Um, It just has the centenary season Celtic cross badge. That's the only difference. Um, And, you know, that is going on the Celtic shop site now for, I think, 35 quid. Um, So when you're already selling that product, which looks all the same bar the sponsor and the Adidas logo, it's even got the same collar. I think to then ask fans to pay 65 quid for one it's a fourth top which we don't need and two it's a clone of a top that was already available in the shop anyway for a cheaper price so bad marketing all around if celtic go ahead and do this um I'll and I, up, yeah
2: i'll bring I'll up a ahead. comment from Sean here in the comments he's like to be fair we all celebrate when revenue increases announced end of year
0: mm, not particularly but
2: that's more doing my political views but there you know. go <laughs> Anyway, we'll um we'll leave the kit stuff there, but, yeah, I'll read the room. I think it's a good summary. I like that top bit for next season, so mm. we'll jog on from there. Now, we've got a couple of things which are headed more your way, Liam, so what we'll do is we'll keep we'll them for a second. I just want to jump ahead one of the topics, so... How do you boys all feel about Celtic and and, and Sevco joining a new relaunched European Super League? Because that's one of the rumours kicking around at the moment. They're not going to have the English teams. Barcelona, Real Madrid, Juventus, those three are the main ones who are still in it. Then they want Celtic and Rangers, they want Ajax and a couple of the Dutch clubs and go from there. What do you think, John? I'll keep you till last, Liam, because I just want to see how big yeah, your face gets before you unleash. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what do I think? I think I'm a fucking hypocrite because it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds pretty good to me. I I don't know. Like, <sighs> I'm so conflicted by the entire thing. I think. So I think. So it will do really well from the extra money and i think everything they're saying we are is true we're a massive club in a small league and um, we'll, we'll instantly have all of that history and appeal and international market will all instantly be there i think um i think i think it's it, as we were talking it would so massively depend on the structure of it i don't want an american football system where you just are in the league. And you get stuck in the league and whether you're the bottom of the the table or not, that's you. You can't like there has to be some repercussions for losing the league and some uh, benefit for winning it. Otherwise, what's the point in in even having it in the first place? If it's going to you know, block us out of playing the Champions League, not super keen on that. I'm really not super keen on that because we've got history there. And I think... The whole point for me is, and I've said this before and it's very much my opinion, it goes domestic league success into European success. So if we want to go into a domestic European Super League, that has to then result in us doing something in Europe. So if we come second, third, fourth, fifth, it's, you know, or win it, whatever. It's Champions League, Europa League, Conference League. I still like that system. So I don't know. I I am a hypocrite because it sounds sounds absolutely class. Um, And, uh, you know, everybody said the same thing before, you know, how atrocious the Super League was when it was the original uh, teams. But, yeah, look, real strong cognitive dissonance on this. I can't really really say how I feel about it, to be fair.
2: I'll jump in with my take then, see if I can say what you reckon. For me, I'm not a fan of it. The only positives I can see of this happening is okay there's the finance stuff which is great we all understand the situation when we're in a small league with a bad TV deal all the all the money in the UK goes to the leagues down the road so I get that however the positives would be so we get the extra finances a positive would be would be away from the, the dodgy I'm trying to figure out the best way to say it the shifty um, people who overlords who run Scottish football and both the administration thing of the SFA and the SPFL, and would also be away from, you know, the referee, the Lanarkshire Referees Association and that dodgy stuff. So that's a positive extra money to come from it and getting away from that. But on the negative side, what happens if you come last? Do you get relegated back into your league and how do you get back up into there again? What happens if... um, Are you still playing in your your Scottish league? So, still have to have a relationship with those guys to play in the Scottish Cup and the Scottish League Cup? Is that still a requirement? How would it all work? That's what my questions are. There's a lot of things that need to be discussed. The whole idea where they rejigged the Europa League, the Champions League, and then bringing in the Conference League, that was all done off the back of this Super League to let more teams play in Europe. So I'm more of a traditionalist with our club's history in Lisbon and everything and the way it is. I'd rather stay where we are. But there is a few questions to be answered before we can make any full idea on it. But yeah, I'm not a massive fan of it. Shane,
3: can I, can I just add Good something time. on the back of that? And I'll be very quick, Shane. I think once upon a time when we when we talked about a European Super League, it wasn't with the Giants of football, right? It wasn't with the Juventus and the Barcelonas and the Real Madrids. Hmm. It was talking about Celtic Rangers, Ajax, Fanyord, Copenhagen, maybe Galatasaray, Vesiktas. Like, these big clubs with history... But in small leagues, joining together and and rivaling the traditional leagues, the Italian league, French league, English league, Spanish league, right? You 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 rivalled those, and then the next one would have been the European Super League. I think the issue I have is that you're having these giant teams being really, really greedy, and that we would then be greedy by our association. And I think that's what I think that's what really rubs the wrong way. But like I've said if before, it's it, yeah, hard if to it decide. Was-
2: if it was the old Atlantic League like they were talking on, taking your Rosenborgs and your Malmos and your teams out of Scandinavia, taking your, belt, your, your top three or four from Belgium, your top three or four from Holland. Yeah. You, take, you put us in there. You get some Irish teams in there or whatever, and you get a team like 18 or 20 teams and have a proper league and the bottom four get relegated back into their leagues and whichever league they get relegated back into, the winner of that comes back up into it. Yeah. Then – that could work. But I don't see it with us being in with, like, the Juvenices and the Real Madrids and that. Realistically, how are we going to compete? It'll be Cannon fought it, it for him. And Sean in the comments has said, let the big boys jump ship on the SS circle jerk to play in Singapore. We'll stay behind and play for the local fans. <laughs> so, to you, Shane, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, look, I'm not a fan. I don't like it. Unlike yourself, I'm a bit of a traditionalist. I like, I like. It, it's not perfect right now, but I like being able to to get into like something like the Champions League uh, or Europa League, and then you go through the process of you know getting drawn into groups, and you get a mixture of teams. You get a big team, you get a couple medium sized teams, and then you know depending on where you are, you might get a lower team. I, I don't like the idea of just being plucked out and potentially being in just this one Super League that you're just continuously in. I think the comments about us potentially being, um, you know, cannon fodder are fair. Um, I know we all like to think we can compete with the big boys, but, you know, we've also got to be realistic and I think that would be that'd be difficult with those teams. I, I, I guess for me, where I'm looking at it is you've got a Super League where every game's a big game. You're playing a big team every time. And... We all know and get excited when we when we draw the big teams like we're at the the Bernabeu, you know, tomorrow and so forth. But what's good about the current model is that you get a mixture of different teams. You don't just get drawn into a group with all these big teams that you're playing every week and you get these blockbusters. You get teams like Donetsk and you get, you know, teams like Copenhagen when we we get drawn into groups and you get a balance. And then if you progress and you start playing Bigger teams is because you've gotten through your group and you're out, and now you're playing uh, another big team because you've actually progressed further. And I just think if you've got a league where everyone's a everyone's a big team, everyone's a, a really top for you know top class team. I, I don't know. I just I just don't like that idea. I think it detracts too much
2: um, from what we currently have. Plus, Shane, you got to look at it. We've got. A league over here, a top flight in Australia, with no relegation, and how much mm. of a shambles is that?
1: Yeah, it's it's not great. Like we we need to to. Well, I mean, we need to you know, here. I won't get too much into the A League, but it, it is frustrating when you can go through a season and play poorly, and there are no ramifications. You don't have to really write the ship and and say no. We've got to we've got to make drastic changes. We've got to get results. There's there's literally no pressure to do so. You know, it's 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 not what you want to be part of.
2: And Liam, here we go.
0: Right. Um. I mean, it, it would really depend. I I don't know much about this. I haven't read much about it. I'll be honest. Um. But a couple of things: the revenue model would need to be in such a way that all of the teams are given an equal distribution of the money. Regardless of where they place, that'd be my opinion. Because there needs to be a levelling out of the. Because the biggest problem for these big teams is the lack of a level playing field in their own countries, right? Barcelona, Real Madrid, nine times out of ten, win the league in their own country. Celtic and Sevco always win the Scottish League, right? It's a similar thing in Holland, where I think there's only realistically, you've only really got. PSV, Ajax and Feyenoord who could actually win that championship um, you know places like Norway, whatever it's it's maybe not quite as, as clear cut a deal because Rosenberg aren't quite what they once were, you know in Denmark you've got a group three or four teams that can win that league, Belgium's the same but um, the there needs to be a clear way that it's going to benefit not just Celtic and Rangers but Scottish football as a whole you need. We need to think... And it's very easy to say, well, you know, we're Celtic fans, we only care about Celtic, whatever, fine, right? But if you're going to come and present this to the Scottish football authorities in such a way that they're going to let it happen, because at the end of the day, it won't happen unless they let it happen. You have to think, well, how can we present this in a positive light to a St Mirren fan or a Ross County fan or a Livingston fan? Um, because it needs to be... Um, it, you know, it, it needs to be a benefit to everybody, and that goes for the smaller teams in other countries as well. So I'm going to hold judgment on it. I'm not going to I'm not going to blow it at the water completely because I'll I'll hear them out. But I'm very pessimistic, Um and I do think that in principle, if we enter that league, we should forfeit our right to an automatic Champions League place. Um That should go to whoever wins the Scottish League in our absence. That's There's only fair.
2: There's a comment for you, Liam. I'm Sean. Mm-hmm. Equal distribution, right on Comrade Liam. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you set yourself up for it. Had to be oh, done. Christ. Yeah, all
0: right. Bang. He got me. Well done. Yes. Yep.
2: <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. I think it's a watch your space sort of thing at the end of the day in summary. All but right. yeah, the majority of us are all traditionalists and would rather stay in the Scottish League and go from there. So. All right, Liam, we gotta we gotta get through mm. some stuff you know. All right, let's go. all right. We've got the news from Japan. The national mm. squad was announced for the World Cup. Only made or made the squad. Yeah, all sorts of discourse going on on Twitter and discussions on Facebook groups saying why isn't Hatate in? Why isn't Kyogo in? Japan must have some crazy squad depth if they're not selecting them. I mm. I commented yeah. on um your mate Dan Olowitz's um post that he put up about it yesterday, um, where he's saying, Sako out, Haraguchi out, Furuhashi out, Hatata out, wow. So I'm like, pretty odd, isn't it? Hope Mariaso knows what he's doing. The response from him was, we shall see, won't we? What's yeah, your take um, on it? Because there's quite a bit of um, interesting conversation going on on
0: well, th- th- this is the thing. It's not, you know, Kyogo is not the only major casualty of this. Um, Hatate was at best a 50-50 chance anyway, because he'd only played a couple of times for the team. And as much as I think he's a better player than the likes of Shibasaki, who will play, probably play in his position in, in the in the World Cup squad, um, I think that the principle of the, the players that get you to the World Cup should be the ones that play at the World Cup. So, I can understand Hatate not making the squad on that basis. Um, Kyogo, uh, yeah, the the thing is with Kyogo, there is still a chance he might get in. Because there is a boy called Asano who is also a winger, which is where Kyogo usually plays when he does play for Japan. But he got uh, medial ligament damage in September and hasn't played since. So he's been named in the squad, and his, his parent club, uh, Bochum, in the Bundesliga, have said that they expect him to be fit by the time the World Cup comes around. But, it's you know, we're, we're talking three weeks away, and the boy hasn't played a game since September. So I don't see how that's going to happen. And if he goes out, Kyogo is the natural choice to step in there. So Kyogo may well end up going to the World Cup anyway. Um, it's not nice to do it at the expense of another player, but I think that is a distinct possibility um, if Asano doesn't defy the odds and somehow get himself fit. Because it's one thing being fit to play, it's another thing being match fit. And if you've not played a game since September for your club, I would question the merits of any player going to a World Cup under those circumstances.
2: Um, You're the risk of being underdone, don't
0: you? I, absolutely. Now, Maeda, Maeda's there on merit. He's been a consistent part of the, the Japan squad the last couple of years. Um, top goal scorer in the J League last season. Plays in a much more direct role for Japan, which much, much better suits his style of play. Um, he does what he's asked to do at Celtic and does it well, I think, despite the criticism that he gets. Um, but I hope that after seeing Japan play at the World Cup, even if they don't you know, get, get out of the group, which will be difficult, um, I hope that a lot of Celtic fans will reevaluate Maeda when they see what he can do when he plays in a team that is built to his strengths rather than a team where he has to fit into the team's strengths.
2: The funny thing with the Japan squad, and I'm going to say, compared to the Celtic is Kyoko plays central as a striker. Maeda plays out of position on a wing. Hmm. You get him in the Japanese squad, they reverse that. So they play yep. Maeda more as a striker, which suits him better, and play more on the counter-attack. And put Kyogo on the wing, which doesn't really suit him his style. Yeah. So it's just funny the way that Ange manages it one way, Moriasu does it the other way. And yeah, it doesn't doesn't surprise me Hitade didn't make the squad. I didn't expect him to be in there. Yeah. I thought Kyogo would be in, and he's only picked three actual strikers. So if Asano's out, yeah, Kyogo will be first man in, you'd think. So wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't come to Sydney, and he actually does go to Qatar. But, mm. uh, yeah, to watch his space. Fingers crossed. Now, the unless Shane or John got anything you want to ask Liam about that, we can crack on to the uh, next topic. Uh,
3: crack into it. Crack into the next.
2: Oh, Scoop's over here. We beat the mainstream media again, Liam, with some mm. more news out of, out of Vissel Kobe this time again. Last time you did that, it was with uh, the Kyoko signing. This time we've done it with um, the rumoured January signing of Yuki Kobayashi, uh, left-sided centre-back, 22 years old, six foot one. So he ticks a lot of the boxes that we need. And he's when you go through all the stat heads, go through everything, he's probably the best or second-best ball-playing centre-back in the J-League. We'll so, sue so danger system based on all the the boxes. What's your thought on that signing, Liam?
0: Yeah, um, excellent signing if it comes through. He is uh, one of Japan's best young up-and-coming defenders. Um, If this World Cup would have been six months or a year later, he'd probably be in the squad. Um, I think he's that good. And the move to Europe is only going to increase his stock because the World Cup squad, 20 of the 26 players play outside Japan which I think kind of says it all. So he will go on to become a star for Japan once he completes the move to Celtic. Hope, hopefully it goes through because I think it's a good move for him. It's a good move for Celtic. And it's uh, also good for the profile of Celtic and Scottish football over here, which hopefully means I can get more games on the telly.
2: <laughs> so apparently the reports on the Kobayashi signing is... The deal, the fees agreed between the two clubs. The player, when I first heard about it, hadn't agreed terms, but apparently in the last 24 hours his terms have been agreed. He just has to pass the medical. So during the international break, when the World Cup's on, that's when his medical is apparently supposed to be scheduled and he's going to be flying down here to Sydney to do it with our our guys down here instead of flying over to Scotland to do it. Do you think he could but, get announced at the at the Super, the Super Cup? Imagine that. will not be able to play till January, year. but if the I season's mean, over the, in Japan,
0: the J League season finishes this weekend, so that's very possible.
2: But is the cup on in December still or they played um, the cup
0: there? No, I think they played the cup already. Um yeah, because I, I think I remember reading something yeah, about Kawasaki winning everything forward, yeah. Yeah, I. Um oh, well, not, so. Yeah. So after this weekend he is essentially not a free agent he's still under contract with Kobe but he's free to go and sign for another club Um, so Celtic could formalise the deal next week and he would start playing for us in January but he could certainly fly down to Sydney and time it with us being there and he could get paraded before the game, that would be a great great wee
2: bit of PR for Celtic He's going to stay with the club from that point onwards and just bit training, so he gets a good six weeks to bed in with the team and know how things are going to be, so he hits the ground running 1st of January. Exactly. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Timing works really well there. So let's yeah. see how that goes. But question for you, though. You had Kobayashi or you had the choice with um Itakura. Who would you pick? Kobayashi. Who would suit, suit Anja's system better is what I mean, sorry. Yeah, Kobayashi. Um, that's, what, that's what I thought as well, yeah, from what uh, I've seen.
0: Uh, Itakura's a great player, but he's that wee bit older and he's picked up some bad habits. Um, anything that uh, Kobayashi, any faults he has, his game, can still be trained out. Um, Itakura is now, I think, as good as he's going to get, which is still pretty good, but I think Kobayashi has the
2: potential to be better. I look at this signing and go, okay, left-sided centre-back, it's what we need, bring him in, because... Let's be honest. You've got Starfelt who's back. The only guy who's out injured now, not training, is Kalmak. Starfelt, you've got him to come back in. You've got, I want us to make Jens' deal permanent. I think he's done enough to make that happen. Realistically, if Carter Vickers has a good World Cup, he could potentially be moving on in January. Let's be honest. So if we've got Kobayashi coming in and we can make Jens permanent, we can play Starfelt in his natural right-sided at centre-back. This makes sense. This is good forward planning by Ange and the, and the squad. If Carter Vickers doesn't get his move, it's still good planning because I think we've been one man short at centre-back all season anyway. Because Welsh isn't the answer.
0: No, we need two right-sided and two left-sided centre-backs and that we would have that if we had Kobayashi come in.
2: Yep. Okay, let's hope that happens then. Now, last couple of things we've got to do. Celtic Real Madrid tonight. Now, according to the press and people in Spain, Real Madrid, they're not going to be much of a crowd because it's an early one. People will still be at work. Second thing is that they've dropped points in the league on the weekend. They've got three games they want to get through before the World Cup break. So their priority is on the league. So there's a chance, what they're talking about is there's going to be a bit of squad manipulation or rotation. So, I don't expect to see them at their full strength there. Do you think we're a chance at picking up a point or even getting a win? Liam, you said earlier that we're going to win it. So, I'll start with you. Yep. We're going to what win 3 1. I was going to say, what's your score prediction? 3 1. Yep. And who will score the goals?
0: Uh, Maeda, Kyogo,
1: and Jota.
2: And Shane, what's your score prediction and goal scorers?
1: Yep, uh, we're going to win two uh, one. Uh, Kyogo and Hatate.
2: Liam, who's going to be Real Madrid scorer? Uh, whoever replaces Modric in the midfield. All right, <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> uh, Johnny, what's your what are your what are your thoughts here? Um,
3: I personally think that even Madrid's B team are no mugs. I think we should be cautious as fans and and not just assume this is going to be a win. I think it's probably going to be a draw. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. So I'm going to go two all. uh, And I think, um, I think our goals might be a little scrappy. So I'm going to go Jakamakis and I'm going to go Carter Vickers with a header um uh who knows what there's i think there's is going to be
2: well because is out all
3: right all right fair 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 didn't know that let's just go with <laughs> um who do i think maybe oh well look i think it's gonna be a header all right so maybe o'reilly or something like that somebody's who got a bit of height not bad A heading. um yeah, look, I think it's going to be an entertaining game overall, right? I think it's going to be... I think even when we played Madrid last time at home, there were spades where we controlled the game and we did very well. And, you know, I think the score then probably didn't reflect well on us. And actually, we did much better than the the, the final score reflected. Um, so I think 2 all was probably pretty fair um, for an away... One, it's an away game. And two, it's, you know, uh, Madrid away. So, um, yeah, two, 2 all for me, I think.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's going to sound harsh. If if it's a draw, I'll, I'll be happy with that. I was thinking, yeah, probably a one-all or one-all one-all draw, or we may get done two-one. I don't see us winning. I think they they've got too much depth. The guys they're bringing off the bench are 35, 40 million pound players. Yeah. So that's our whole transfer budget for the whole time. Total spend that Ange had in his whole eighteen months or so at the club on one player coming off the bench to replace him. So, do you remember when it's, we played Valencia?
3: We played Valencia, and and it was we were it was dead dead even dead even. I think it was one all, and then they brought on was it Guides? I can't remember who the player was, and um, and he was he he just got bought that season for forty million, and that's Valencia.
2: Yeah, it's the same it's situation. Like if they've got no Benzema up front, who's going to be their starting striker? Oh, they're just going to put um, Vinicius Jr. there. Yeah, or is he exactly. 50, 60, 70 million, something like that? It doesn't get any oh. easier. So being realistic, just the way they'll adjust and what they'll do, yeah. I'm, without Carter Vickers in the back and then with the squad depth they've got, yeah, for me, one all will be a good result for us, 2-1, I reckon – Probably realistically what it will be because um, the Green Tenant Specs aren't on right now. Um, and our goal scorer will be Kyogo. He'll get one early and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> and then on the weekend, we're going to make it nice and quick here, Liam. Dundee mm-hmm. United, are we going to do it 9-0 again? Uh, are we home or are we? Dunno mate. home this time,
3: surely. Okay.
0: Oh, cool. right. Ah yeah. oh, well, we'll go for the ten then. I'll say ten. Let's <laughs> it. Do
2: <laughs>
1: no, we won't get to nine, but we'll get to about six. <laughs> oh, oh, you're
0: that. so That's... bloody negative. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Johnny, what are you thinking?
3: <sighs> All right, shall I just... I'll bring it back down to earth, right? <laughs> um, I, I reckon it will we'll, be a domination again, but I don't think it's going to be the same as last. I think um, I think 4-0 and it will just be... I think they'll park the bus entirely for the entire game. They're not getting beaten 9-0 again by anybody, so they'll be dead worried. And uh, yeah, 4-0, four, a complete domination.
2: Yeah. I'm thinking we're gonna have four five hundred more passes than them we're gonna have possession stats looking at like 80 percent above we're gonna have 20 something shots on target but it's gonna be like a game of pinball trying to get through there into the box but we'll still win three or four nil yeah because you know we'll come out of the game tonight we'll do that there'll be some squad rotation we're not gonna to want to run guys ragged and get any pick up any more injuries. Yeah, it'd be a good it'd be a good game to see uh, Rudy Vada make a debut as well, even if he's just sitting on the bench, not even necessarily getting on. But I mean, Rocco, sorry, not Rudy, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but you could play Rudy still against him, and you know, see how he goes. <laughs> no, nah, I think yeah, probably probably three or four nil. We'll win that one. But anyway, see some of the young guys break break into the squad would be good, and. um now there's something I wanted to bring up here. Tommy boy in the comments. Anything planned for Sydney for the Super Cup? So there's some info that was released about two hours ago from the Sydney City CSC. So on Thursday, the seventeenth, there's music from four PM till seven p.m. at, at Scruffy Murphy's The Bar, that the CSC Supporters Club Bar. Um, then they got Celtic Sydney FC. Game's on at 7.45, and then there's music from 10 through to 1 a.m. Friday the 18th, music from 4 till 7, and then a different different band from 7 till 10, and then a DJ comes in from 10 till 3 a.m. Rust the Glow sticks out, everyone, for that DJ. <laughs> and then um, oh, DJ Daz, what a name. On Saturday, God. you've got... DJ
0: Guards,
2: he'll clean up. Uh, so. <laughs> it's got gotta to be an, it's gotta be Australian DJ, shall we? Oh yeah. <laughs> so you've got uh, a band playing from four till seven, and you've got live music for to be confirmed from seven till ten. DJ Podgy on from ten till three. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the Sunday where we were talking about doing a meetup at the uh, CSE at Scruffy Murphy's around midday, so around lunchtime, get in there a bit of a catch-up, have, have a few beers, whatever. Um So we'll get in there about midday on the Sunday. And then from 2 till 5, there's a band on again. Celtic Everton game is on from 8 p.m. And then there's music on after that again. Now, in the comments, Andrew Galea, you've asked what's the name of the place again. So it's called Scruffy Murphy's. It's 30, uh, 43 to 49 Goulburn Street in Sydney. We'll share that post in there in our Facebook group and on our Twitter as well for everyone. So yeah, getting the scruffies—that's where we'll be on the Sunday. Meet us up there, and then yeah, we'll we'll, we'll sort all that out. Then um, we'll jump to our final thoughts. So while we're talking about the um, the Sydney CSC, I'll jump in with mine first up. So the Sydney CSC had their fortieth their fortieth anniversary celebrations a couple of weeks ago. And all up, they raised a total of $33,000 for various charities. So I want to give a good shout out to the Sydney City CSC, bunch of absolute legends. They donated $20,000 to the Celtic Foundation, $7,000 to the Kano Foundation, $3,000 to the John Hartson Foundation, and 3000 to the Australian Indigenous Education Foundation. So well done, guys. Great effort and happy 40th. So we'll go to you, Shane. What's your final thought?
1: Uh, my final thought is um, I've very recently got back in, gotten back into the local basketball scene, and uh, it's the uh, throwdown this weekend uh, between the two Melbourne teams, Melbourne United and South East Melbourne Phoenix. So uh, all I'm going to say is up the Phoenix. Uh, let's get that W. Yes.
0: <laughs> up the Phoenix. You'll be at the jail for that. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> John, why don't you go ahead
3: and give us your final thought? I need, I need a <laughs> Leave me to take a second minute. <laughs> yeah. Um my final thought as it always is is my music. Uh I wouldn't say suggestion, dear listeners. I wouldn't say suggestion, I'd say here's the band I've been listening to recently. Um they're called main source. Now I have a feeling that they're far more popular than I realize they are. Um, and they don't have that many monthly listeners, mind you, but they seem to be incredibly significant for the nineties hip hop scene. Although they don't sound very hip hop. They're not like super aggro. They're a bit more funk soul sort of stuff. Um, yeah. I've been very much enjoying their albums. Um, Breaking At- Atoms is a very good album. If everyone wants to do snake eyes is a very good song. Um Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been enjoying them, they're good. They've been, um, it's been nice weather in Brisbane and that, that sort of like bouncy walk down the street type of band. Yeah, very good. Main source, give them a listen.
2: And Liam,
0: uh, my final thought is I would encourage people to, um, try and have a wee look on the internet and watch a wee bit about the Qatar World Cup team. Qatar, the country, is getting a lot of a slag in right now in the media, and quite rightly so for some of the government policies. But those have precisely bugger all to do with the football team and the people that run football in Qatar have been working for about 20 years to put together a phenomenal effort to try and actually do some damage at this World Cup. So I would encourage you to read into it, read into what the Aspire Academy is doing in Qatar, read into how they, oh, they welcome immigrants who come to the country and are willing to try and make an impact, not just in sport, but in uh, life in general. Uh, Yeah, Qatar is actually a very good example of how a small country can punch above its weight in football if it has the right support structures in place. So, uh, yeah, have a wee look at that online.
2: Never thought I'd hear that from you, Liam, but anyway, we'll check that out. (laughs) All right, everyone, thanks for tuning in. If you haven't done so, please subscribe to the Selk Under podcast through your podcast app. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Celtic Down. On Facebook, we've got a page and a group, first called Celtic Down Under. Just give a search, you'll find us. Pretty simple. Look for the boxing kangaroo. Thanks again. Hail, hail, and we'll see you next week.
1: Hail, 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 hail. hail, hail.